from New York City. The Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live from America Podcast. We will make America great again. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? Live from America Podcast. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Live from America podcast. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. It's just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live from America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Haddon Gab. So good evening and welcome to Live from America Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I actually believe that Noam <laughs> oh, that was great um, that was Noam Dorman um, so uh, yeah welcome to Life from America podcast right here from the Comedy Cellar in New York City the best comedy club in the world and we have a great show for you tonight we are going to talk about relationships and sexual education and sex therapy and we're not going to get our information from me or Noam or Modi, we're gonna, we actually have an expert because that could lead to your arrest at some point. But we have an expert today uh, and Miss um, Sari Cooper, uh, welcome. She's a certified sex therapist and sex coach right here in New York City. She made a lot of appearances in um, um, all over the shows like Dr. Oz, CBS This Morning. And she's a host of her own web show, which I love. It's called Sex Esteem, right? Right. Yeah, Sex welcome. Sex Esteem, that's a good Sex name. A, yeah, it like is a it? good name. Yeah. I, I, I found it. I was looking for something else, but I found it. <laughs> Sex, what, Sex Esteem? <laughs> Sex Esteem. Sex Esteem. Yeah, that's a good name, right? Esteem. 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 Like self-esteem, but... Oh, like, oh Sex Esteem and self-esteem. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's not such a good name. <laughs> yeah, it is a good name. That, so That must be disheartening to you. Like, is this really... People don't even understand the obvious sex esteem? Like, <laughs> I think it's disheartening to Hatem and his horrific accent. Oh, don't blame it on my accent. Don't blame it on my accent. First of all, I have no accent. Norm has started that rumor, but it didn't happen. So, anyway, so... Sari, welcome to the show. Thanks. All right, my first question I want to ask is, like, are we getting our sexual information from the right places? Oh, I'm so Education. glad you started there. Yeah. Wow. No, well, actually, a, no, because... I, need, I mean, I'm not talking about myself, because I like where I'm getting my information from. <laughs> but yeah, you go ahead. Porn. Yeah. Well, so let's start with porn, because that's where a lot of people are getting their education from. And it's really entertainment, if you think about it. And a lot of people growing up, that's their first place that they're getting any sort of information from yeah and it doesn't really tell you what a, a, a woman's sexual response cycle really is mm-hmm. um it shows women like orgasming as soon as you touch them uh it shows men who are enhanced mm-hmm. it shows women who are enhanced as well and so a lot of people coming up you know from how are men enhanced men are enhanced because they choose men with really big dicks Oh, they're not enhanced. They're just they're just cherry picking the the. Exactly. Yeah. But oh, the women are right. actually enhanced. They're, women are enhanced. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But I, men I, are taking medication, right? So so, so you know, men in terms are, of how long you can last. Yeah. Right. Oh, I thought that was normal. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm comparing myself. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, go ahead. But that actually is a big uh, sense of inadequacy that a lot of men still have, which is not feeling like they're big enough. And so here they're watching this stuff that makes them feel inadequate from, you know, you know, teenagehood. So, so that I I do think that's where people are getting their education from, and it's a, it's a shame. And the fact is. Uh, several generations now have grown up with abstinence-only education. Mm -hmm. So abstinence-only education doesn't give anyone any information on real sexual activity, um, how to feel pleasure, masturbation. God forbid we should talk about masturbation. I don't want to be condescending. Abstinence means no sex at all. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to take any chance because sometimes he pretends. Right, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) He thought it was a vodka. <laughs> so go ahead. I didn't mean to touch you. That's fine. No, See, that's I, what I meant when I explaining Noam to you before the show. Yes, that's him. Okay, <laughs> I'll listen on the cameras later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, the people I see have difficulty even explaining to their partner what they are looking for. Yeah. And they feel a lot of shame, too. Yeah. So what, what, what's, what would be the right uh, way to get you education? Um, or to know you, well, information? Well, uh, to quote Betty Dotson, who's, whose interview you saw on my show, yeah. um, have lots of sex. Yeah. But with partners yeah, that's, who you can... That's who can easy. You, yeah. yeah, let's do that. That's really easy, yeah. And what I mean by that is consensual sex with someone you can really communicate with. Oh, already doesn't sound so good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you communicate with how much? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you 150. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Consensual right. sex, whatever that is. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and, and also to, to be able to s- start to figure out for yourself what you like. Yeah. I mean, and how to put that into words. I mean, people really have trouble even articulating what it is they want without shame. That's a big one, too, because there's also these religious, cultural mores that cause people from day one to feel very shame, ashamed and uh, shamed if they... You're talking really, about me? Let's go there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you have different patients from different, like cultures and religions and stuff like that yeah i mean i see people from uh indian cultures muslim cultures mm-hmm. um and even if they were raised in america right yeah. they they may be first generation and so it's really interesting to see a couple where let's say they're both indian right but one of them was made you know raised in new jersey and the other one was raised in trinidad mm-hmm. or uganda or you know their parents are from different um countries because of the immigration journey and so while they on the surface they're like oh we're both indian this would be a great match whatever we're like into sex they have totally different traditions and when they start to get closer um those things those like divisive things come up and in terms of traditions in terms of how much sex are we going to have how much are the parents involved i mean i've had in sex in their sex lives like let's say you know you have a couple who've had trouble um having penetrative sex for, you know, maybe because the woman's having um, pain or the man is having trouble with their, his erection. Mm-hmm. So they're not having a kid. They've been married a year and the parents keep calling and going, so what's going on? What's the problem here? Why aren't you having kids yet? And there's a sense that they're entitled to do that because culturally that's acceptable. That is, yeah, that's true. In the Am Middle I right? East, yeah, yeah, yeah. After nine months, exactly. Oh, I have three questions for you. Oh, only? Yeah, the first question <laughs> is this. Hatem, you know, he's Egyptian, Muslim and all that. He, I know it's going to be about if me. If you then. saw his name in your appointment book, it's your fir- his first appointment, and you haven't met him yet, but he's an Egyptian, what kind of hang-ups are you 
likely expecting that he is going to share based on a very crude, bigoted uh, uh, consideration of his, his, his profile. Well, it's a good question because if we... I only ask good questions. Oh, is it now? So, so, but if you think about it, is he Egyptian or, yeah. is, he, or is he from Kuwait? He's half Egyptian, half Kuwaiti. Well, he, I was and, born in Kuwait, yeah. Right. So what What cultural... Are you um, going to tell me there's a difference? Yes. Oh, my God. She really right. knows her stuff. No, no, no. no because, you know, there are, it's, it's very complex. Okay, well, let's... I mean, let's, in your soul, where do yeah. you, what, what, what do you, what identity do you have? Do you feel American? Do you feel Kuwaiti? Do you feel Egyptian? Like My sexual identity? Any, any identity. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm open for any. Yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll right, fucking so American, but there's got to be a camel nearby. <laughs> <laughs> but so I would find out like what his parents, how his parents met. Uh-huh. Were his parents in love? No, and no, you're not answering my question. My question is. <clears throat> if I saw his name. Well, kind of like, the, well, essentially his people. Uh, what are the, the like the top three hangups they have? That's really what I'm asking. In, cute, um, in a cute way. Go ahead. My, <laughs> well. They may not, um, he may feel ashamed to have sex before marriage, depending on how traditional a home oh, came yeah. from. Um, <laughs> well, let's ask him. Uh, <laughs> would you let your parents know you had sex before marriage? No. You wouldn't? No. I so wouldn't. that, so, but you've, but you They have, would know, but they just, we they wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't it. approve. Uh, I don't know if they but would. But that doesn't mean shame. Yeah. They won't that just sh- means he wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. share that. Yeah. I think but if you, well, if you wanna, when your parents when you know your parents won't approve if you wanna be, of something, if you, you want to speak shame. openly, the the in the Middle East in general, they would feel proud if it's a guy or a boy, you know, and ashamed if it's a girl, and uh, you know. Okay. Next. Next. Yeah. Next thing. The next thing would be I would be concerned that the marriage was um, maybe not a real like relationship like for a green card for a green card you mean <laughs> or oh, wow. or or because it was time for him to get married and his parents were pressuring him not only is she a uh, sex therapist she's an immigration officer <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think she was uh, suspicious suspicious that Hatem is gay that's how I took that suspicious you see that it's always open. Uh, Is you it just, see that? You see, see you know, I, I, am? Get, I get judged because I look great like all the time. But you <laughs> remember, know, remember, he's asking me not that I haven't seen you yet. <laughs> he's asking me that I've just seen your name. What yeah. issues? What yeah. I might think? Can I read between the lines? Yeah. A lot of times, men from cultures where it's not okay to be homosexual are yeah. forced to go through the the, the okay the yeah. thing, and they end up getting married to please to look okay and to please, and then they can't perform well sexually. I, I, do you and mean it, the correct, middle, correct? Correct. Do you mean the Middle East or Muslims? Are you, wow, are you what mean, a how come nobody's clapping for me? But what <laughs> a crazy way he asked that to go all the way around like that. Yes. Just coming First of all, this is, question. Yeah, seriously. No. Now, can I wait, ask? Wait, wait, and then, wait. Then, no, then there would be, what, you asked me three things. Yep. And the third thing would be, um, is his, his partner, whoever he comes in with, yeah. a man or a woman, or more than one partner. Um, ah, Muslim, yeah, more than one wife. Oh, yeah. um, now I have to have four? <laughs> is his partner from the same culture that he is? Yeah. And what issues are they coming in with uh, in terms of their conceptualization of what a sexual relationship should look like? Yeah. So in another word, you would judge, you know, your first thought will be cultural, that the problem is from a culture rather than just a sexual problem that anybody else could have. If I showed no, up. no, 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 no. No, that's just the it, way it, he asked it. He she, asked she wouldn't. It. No, she so yeah. I actually think of it as layers because yeah. I think sex is culturally, there's such a huge cultural overlay. Mm-hmm. So I always think of both and. It's not either or, it's both and. Yeah. And so you have the cultural overlay, you have your family of origin, right? You could be actually from a family of very liberated 
Egyptian educated a- academics for all oh, I know, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, possible. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is my problem. Not, not, not with you. <laughs> not with you. <laughs> why, why, and I'm going to debate this in another episode with Noam, but okay. why, when, when you try to say that you are okay Egyptian, then it has to be a liberal. Like, why can't we be just normal Egyptian that believes in, uh, you know, why, why does that? Did I use that word? Yeah, you did. You said did liberal. Really? Yeah. He has the word liberal, not no, normal. No, I said, I didn't say okay. I meant educated. And so what I mean by educated and liberal, <laughs> it means that they may have a more um, enlightened, maybe I shouldn't use that word, mm-hmm. a different view of sexuality than their um, the larger Egyptian culture as a whole. But this, I'm, I'm going to answer your question. Thank right, you. The way you, you understand? understand. One, yeah. yeah. This is the thing. Like among Jews. Noam is on fire today. On among, on, 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 among Jews, uh-huh. we know our Orthodox. Yeah. So we assume the Orthodox have these Orthodox Jews. And we know that if you're not Orthodox, you're probably pretty liberal about this stuff. Muslims, to us anyway, there's no clear distinction. We kind of presume that most of them are orthodox or, or express uh, a fealty to, to, to um, orthodox positions, even if they don't mean it. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. Like if, if you were non-orthodox Jew, she, would, she wouldn't presume that. But coming from a country where everybody's kind of presumed to be orthodox, she, she's presuming that the likelihood is that you're going to have these cultural views. I think that's the answer. I would put it up as a hypothesis. Yeah. And I would then ask also about your family of origin because... Um, they're, they're, you know, I always say to people, you ask me about sex ed, mm-hmm. your first sex education is what you see in your home growing up. I mean, I do a, what's called a sex therapy history. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I say, what is your first memory when you were younger of the people around you, inclu- you know, obviously your parents, did they touch each other? Were they affectionate? Did they, t- did they kiss in front of you? Did they go out on dates? Did they sleep in the same bed? Did they sleep in the same bedroom? Right? Because that's what your first sex ed is. Do they make a lot of noise when you're in the middle? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you know, you joke about it, but actually people sometimes, kids are traumatized by that because if their parents are really noisy and they are so young, they think someone's hurting the other person. You joke about it, but it's funny. Uh I mean, you know, that could actually feel like, oh my God, I hope that never happens to me if I get married. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm afraid of anal because of that. <laughs> oh, he does it for the kids. <laughs> so I, I would like to know, uh, so to turn the tables a little bit, okay. if you were to have your ledger and you would see that your next appointment is a person named Noam Dwarman, mm-hmm. uh, what would your what would your response be to that? Did he pay the did, bill? Oh, <laughs> did he pay up front? Did he pay up front? <laughs> is he going to ask me for a discount? Well, you know, I would ask him where he's from. Uh-huh. I would ask him what his issue is. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, what's an interesting question? You're asking me if it's a cultural thing. Um, I will find out sometimes in my phone interview, um, are you religious? Is that something I should know about? Because sometimes Jews are religious. I see a lot of, but different orthodoxy. I see Hasidim. I see modern orthodox. I see conservative who practice a, a certain type of practice called Nida, which is a purification kind of practice for women and, and men. So, uh, I, <laughs> I'm you Googling know. something to ask you. Don't, it's not being rude. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I wouldn't assume anything, but I would ask him if he belongs to one of those sects because then I'd have a better idea um, for a variety of reasons. One is, like if he was in my waiting area for the first session, I wouldn't extend my hand to him. 
if he were Orthodox, right? Because Orthodox men don't touch women other than their wives. Yeah, sure. Who told you that? <laughs> what is the likelihood? And only for two for two weeks a month they touch them. <laughs> oh, really? And then there's two weeks. Well, that's the need. Yeah, right. yeah. But what is the likelihood that that person would even be going to a female therapist if they uh, had these sorts of? It's issues? a great question because actually I I see a lot of Orthodox um, individuals and couples and they actually feel more comfortable a coming to see a woman and B, coming to see a woman who's not from their community, hmm. outside their community, because then no one gossips about them. I mean, people are coming in to see me with secrets. Yeah. We haven't gotten to that yet, but people have a lot of secrets around their sex lives. Such as what? For instance, like someone, you know, goes to a dungeon and their partner doesn't even know about it. Right. And they don't know if they want to share that part of their life with their partner or their wife or husband, wow. right? Um, and they're coming in to d figure it out. And what they feel you, what guilty. What would you tell them? What would you tell them if they, if someone came to you and said, I go to a dungeon, my wife has no idea, but. Well, I would say, is this something, do you consider this cheating? First of all, I mean, I thought we would talk about that tonight mm -hmm. too, because it's much better um, than what that is also culturally informed. <laughs> What'd you say? It's much better than what we were talking about till now, but <laughs> yeah, so let's, yeah. I mean, so it's culturally informed if you think about it, because some people, um, think watching if they're you know let's say they're a heterosexual couple and the guy is watching porn um, the wife or girlfriend may think that's cheating yeah right? and so you don't you know I come at it with like an open mind and I'll have to ask them well what do you consider cheating and they've never even discussed it what do you think it's cheating if somebody I, in I actually leave it up to them. It's yeah. their relationship. Right. Who am yeah. I to tell them what's cheating? So, so, so it's right? an ama so amazing, some, amazing you know, topic. So it if, is. If, 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 so if a, if a wife, okay, if a husband and a wife, right. and she knows that he, he goes and plays. What, what plays with himself and watches porn, right. and she's okay with it, then it's not cheating. Right. It's an, she, it's an ethical, open agreement. Right. And, um, and, if, and if, let's say the wife thinks it is cheating, then what do you tell the, the, the couple? So it depends. If she's bothered by it, I'll have to ask them, why do you think it's cheating? You know, how, how did you come by this belief? And that's where all the cultural stuff and religious stuff comes up. Right? For some Orthodox men, masturbating is against their uh, practice. Mm -hmm. Right? And that can be extremely challenging for a couple in which the guy has a very high libido and the woman, not so much. Because then he's really dependent for a release right mm -hmm. to be with his wife so that's very challenging i mean that's a very common <laughs> sure. presenting i think you talk about married men in general <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're talking about what's cheating you know yeah. I, I they i think that's gets i can't find it. it gets a little fuzzy because uh what you're describing is to me is not cheating watching porn that's not cheating to you no it's not cheating i don't believe it's cheating to anybody what it, it may violate a deal that a couple have but I think cheating has to be in some way defined as having some sort of relationship with another person. She may be offended that you're masturbating, you're offended that you're watching porn, whatever it is, but that's not cheating. You, it's, not, it's not adultery. Yeah. I think it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And that's what people come in with. So they'll say, you know, um, my husband has a, you know, a sex addiction, right? And I'll say, well, <laughs> What makes you think he has a sex addiction? Yeah. She says because he's all, he watches porn five nights a week. That and does sound like a sex addiction. Not necessarily. Mm. 
Right. Oh, First of all, the term sex addiction is really has not been approved as a diagnosis. And so what we tend to look at as um, a problem might be out of control sexual behavior where the person themselves feels out of control, a compulsion to keep uh, behaving yeah. in a certain way sexually, either online. Yeah, I, retract, or with, I retract that statement. <laughs> okay. Because an addiction implies also, a, 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 I think most addiction is defined as where it interferes with your the healthy functioning of the rest of your life. Correct. So, you know, right. as long as as long as you're you're not there, well, you know, who cares how much you watch porn? Well, that's it. Maybe the maybe the partner. Yeah. But so, it comes in sometimes my husband has a sex addiction or or a doc, you know, can you fix me because I'm ha- I have an addiction. And then when you really sort of unpack it, it may just be that they can't come to an agreement. Mhm. And they have discrepant desire issues. Or he happens to be involved in a kind of sexual interest or kink yeah. that his partner or wife are not interested in. And it's looked upon with shame or derision or disgust even. So if he's, he's or she is into something and the other partner is not, how do you fix that? How do you, do you, do you tell him try it? You know? I, I, no, I get more into why they find it disgusting, why mm-hmm. they find it uh, aversive. Are they just not into it? Which is fine, you know? I mean, um, and then how do you compromise in other areas of your life, right? This is just one other area, whether it's how are you going to spend your money? How are you going to raise your kids? Well, how are you going to accommodate someone's interest when you're not interested in in the same thing? Mm -hmm. And then you have to be creative about it. So sometimes people will say, you know, you can go to a dungeon and play with someone as long as you don't kiss them, as long as you don't have penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our deal. And I don't consider that cheating. I know you enjoy that. I'm, no, I'm just not into it, right? So then they come to an agreement. Now, what if they say no, right? Yeah. Um, it can be really challenging. Hmm. It can be really challenging. Get a new wife or husband. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I think you just can't overcome it. You know, I think it's it, it's an interesting comment because I think sometimes people are mismatched sexually at the beginning, but they don't really know it because yeah. they don't come out. And that's where communication comes in. They don't come out and really say what they're into because they're fearful that they're going to lose this person that they love. I mean, they do love each other. What if you're into new pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But <laughs> where do you find a wife? Who's into <laughs> she may be into it too. Yeah. Right, fair enough. <laughs> Touche. Have you, have you ever like dealt with somebody who did not have sex before they were like say married? Like, Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And so what happens for some of those cases that I see, remember I see a specific segment of society, right? People who are having problems. Yeah. Um, they may have, the woman may have sexual pain. It's yeah. a very common problem. And they will not have known it until after the wedding. Yeah. Um, and sometimes she'll have suffered for many, many years uh, having penetrative sex with pain. Yeah. And uh, that can lead to domino effect, actually, which a lot of people don't realize. So if she's in this heterosexual marriage and uh, she's sort of wincing through it and trying because she loves her husband, she wants to be a good wife. And the guy loves her and he keeps seeing her in such pain. He starts to feel like, oh, my God, I really want to have sex with you. But I'm now I'm feeling like a monster and I'm seeing you in pain and I don't want to cause you pain. And he'll start having issues. He'll start losing his erection. He'll start having 
uncontrolled ejaculation and come really early just so to get it all over because she, he doesn't want to cause her suffering. Yeah. So now you have two people with issues, right? So that's that's an example. Yeah. Of, you know. And oftentimes that's something that they don't actually discuss with each other because is that what you're saying? Because they discuss it, but then they you know they hold off getting help. You know, maybe because she's misinformed. You know, so I've had cases where she's from a traditional background. And so maybe she'll tell a mother or her, her older sister and they'll say, oh, everyone get, has pain at the beginning. Don't worry. You'll get, you know, it'll it'll subside. And it doesn't. And then she feels really. Jewish brother, pain. You don't know what pain is. <laughs> my, my back. <laughs> my third thing was, maybe we could take a pause here. Can you tell the joke? What joke? Oh no, it's such a long joke. You got to be kidding me. Oh my God. No, it's, no, too no. it's too long? It's too long. Because it good. might help her. It's, it's a joke. Jews, we have such wisdom in our culture. Really, we ah. really have such wisdom in our yes. culture. And one of the great Jewish jokes is about sexual therapy. This is true. I'm not. I, all right, go ahead. Well, now we all want to know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell on. it quick. Yeah. Tell it quick. In the Talmud, it says that if a woman is not, and this is, I'm being made by the owner to tell the joke, just so you understand, <laughs> this is against my will. Um, the Talmud says that if a woman is not satisfied sexually, it actually is grounds for her to ask for a divorce, mm -hmm. to get a get. It's a, it's a, so there's a couple and they go to the, to, to the rabbi and they say to the rabbi, uh, we're having trouble sexually, my wife can't finish and we don't know what to do. And the rabbi says, all right, calm down, calm down. Go back home and before you do the mitzvah, before you do the sex, bring with you a, a, a strapping young man. And while you guys are doing it, have him stand above you and swing a towel over you. Mm -hmm. So... Sheila and Saul go back home <laughs> and they bring with them Sven. They bring Sven with them. You know, Saul gets on top of Sheila. He's doing it, you know, and uh, Sven is standing there swinging a towel and it doesn't help. It yeah. didn't help a thing. Now they're really panicked. They run back to the rabbi. Rabbi, it didn't help. What do we do now? Go back, go back. Calm down, go back, go back. And now, Saul, you and Sven switch positions. <laughs> so Sven gets on top of Sheila. And Saul stands there with a towel. Wait Sven, Sven gives it to her like she's never had it. She <laughs> screams and yells and has the time of her life and has the biggest orgasm in the world. And Saul's with the towel. Finally, at the end, Sven gets off and Saul says to him, You see, you young schmuck, that's how you swing a towel. <laughs> 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 and that's Jewish wisdom. <laughs> you see that? Did I, did, did, I, did I tell you it would go? And Eddie didn't give it his all to it. He was a little uh, not, not totally confident about even having to tell the joke. So he didn't. Uh, but it was still a, great. That's, that's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you wave a towel. So, <laughs> the you, so what are the issues like in, in Muslim culture? Why do you? Uh, in, I, I, well, I'm asking you. Like, uh, Why does it always have to be issues with the well, how about the Jewish culture? They have a lot of issues too. Listen, we 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 control the porn industry. We yes. we we we're, we're we're on top of this. We're, we do, of course. I didn't know that. Okay. Al Goldstein, Screw Magazine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is Hugh Hefner Jewish? Why are you looking at me when you say? <laughs> you have you have a Jewish man right here. You spend your time on the David Duke site. Jews, you know? right. Jews have a lot of laws for like she said the laws of nida. So just two month two weeks of the month a man doesn't touch his wife because she's, but not all the Jews. 
Orthodox, Orthodox Jews. Yeah. I, I, well, you I, know I, I got to tell you something. There are conservative Jews that practice nah, Nida. Nah. I, I've, I, I know Reform and conservative Jews who don't keep the Sabbath, but their therapist told them this is an amazing thing and you should try to, to see if it works, and it really do, does work. Waving the, the towel? No, the laws of <laughs> the laws of Nida. Uh, t- Purity. So when the woman is having a period in the week after, correct, the, the week after, right, he doesn't touch her. Yeah. And now there's a big energy in that. You're building restriction, you know. So that you have two weeks, and now you know on the 18th you can finally get with your wife again. So you build up, yeah. rather than whenever you want you can hit it, or whenever you want you can touch her and give her a kiss and make out with her and all that. And I'm sorry, I'm using you as an example, it's but fine. um, I'm but it, it. it's it's a very it's a very <laughs> it's very powerful. It's and it, if you really if you apply it, it really really works. You well, know? in Islam, we really care about women. Uh, yeah. They come first before anything else. I don't know if that's funny. That's not a joke, you know. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. Do you mean that just like in a Jewish um, contract, marriage contract, yeah. a-, a man is supposed to satisfy his wife? Is that part of the sexual um, expectation in Muslim law? Of course know? not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it says women come first. I th- I'm I think, no, there's there's a lot Does of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on men. Like for example, the number one question would be, "How can I satisfy seventy-two virgins?" Oh, <laughs> I had to go for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to cockblock the joke. I wasn't done yet. <laughs> so I yeah. think that kind of answered the question. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll no. tell you something. I'll Who tell you wants something, seventy-two virgins? I'll, I'll tell you something just, very interesting. I learned. I learned in a in a Kabbalah. I went to a Kabbalah class about about uh, relationships, and the guy said something so interesting. I think I told it to you once. And no, he said this is not religious. This is spirituality. Hmm. He said whatever a woman says, all you have to think that she's saying, even if she says take the garbage out, do this and this and that. All she's saying is, do you love me? So if you always think that whatever she's saying to you, you're late, da, 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 da. you think, do you love me, do you love me, and just answer that. And so you say, I'm late, but I'm, I'm sorry, and I, and I wish I was here earlier to spend more time with you, and, and do you think anything of that? It was, uh, it's a very interesting lesson that, that day, I, I remember. Well, it is, it's a reframe. That's what he was saying. Right, and I, I think, think it was a she, probably. It was, was a she? It, it was a he, but oh. right. it doesn't matter. He it doesn't was matter. I think that um, we have reframes all the time, and I think you're also talking about, um, or could be talking about, how people are triggered, and that's one of my shows. So some people, a lot of women actually, are triggered in, in a responsive way, right? So <laughs> if their spouse is warm to them, is romantic with them, uh, wants to hear about their day, it's an emotional trigger an erotic trigger and then they can feel more open to connecting whereas you know some other people might have a trigger of you know i just want you to um do some nice things for me or i just want you to wear you know some nice clothes because i'm very visually oriented Mm -hmm. and that kind of gets me in the mood um or i want you to talk dirty to me because my you know my ears are my trigger so if you start talking you know sex stuff to me um I'll, i'll start to get in the mood but uh, you're bringing up a good topic because an emotional, responsive desire a lot of times is what women come in complaining to me saying, I have no libido. And then I start to ask more questions and I find out their partner, whether they're lesbian or straight, is not really being emotionally attuned to them. 
Right. And she that's says what, lesbian or straight because it never happens to two gay guys. Like <laughs> 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 no, it does. I, get, I see gay men. Two too. gay guys with no libido? Or one. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> or one. No, but you know well, what? You're bringing, no, you're bringing up a great uh, myth. Right. Oh, yeah, it's a myth. Yeah, go ahead. Here comes the myth. Yeah. And the myth is that guys. Um, you're, you're saying gay guys, but guys in general should be ready, willing, and able to have sex at all times. Uh, and that is a myth. Well, he didn't say should be. They don't have glory they holes at lesbian bars. That's all I'm saying. All right. There, there is a, there is some difference there in the, uh, well, I think men that men are pigs. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, this is not anti-gay by any means. This is just the idea of two men. I'm a man. I'm like two of me. Right. It's like, I don't see any. So listen, yeah. most men, yeah. but not the yeah. majority yeah. have more, more, libido higher libido than women just in general can, can, I, can i say i wouldn't even personally i wouldn't even in my experience libido is not the word i would use but women's libidos seem to be often need to be activated in some way they, they have to be in the right frame of mind or whatever it is and then it then it's be very powerful men it does the, the lead libido haunts them even if they don't want it to be they can't they can't prevent it so, so here, here's what you're talking about if I can put it in yeah. sexual terms, Please. in sex therapy terms, responsive desires, what I was talking about before. So it may be triggered by either um, an activity, an emotional connection, maybe even actual sexual activity. And then their libido kicks in and goes, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. this. This feels great. Sometimes Whereas like, a like guy. a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a guy has a lot more, um, you know, at. As a, as a whole, right, as a whole c group, yeah. men tend to have more what I call intrinsic desire, which is like intrinsic horniness. It's his body going, yeah. oh, yeah, I want it, that hunger. And that's what a lot of women feel like they're missing, which they feel less than for. And they really have to, you know, sort of kick in their responsive desire. What is really going to get me through the doorway so I can even be willing to start? I feel know? bad for women. Anyway, why? Because it's just hard, much harder for them all around. It's harder for them before. It's harder for us after. What do you mean by that? It's could you just can you imagine as men like having to stress about whether you could have an orgasm or not? Like just just that alone, like how different everything would be if if that was an, a thing that you had to stress about while you're having sex. Well, it's, like, I, it's huge. We go as it's not every you know, woman. Some women orgasm yeah. like mania, yeah. right? I, I, but a lot of women. Whatever. I, know I mean, I, I, I heard that someone in orgasm like maniacs. I just... We go, maybe we, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking for a minute here. Man, I don't know who you've been with, but I feel like there's a problem over here. Well, you know what? I, I, if I can uh, piggyback on it, I think some women have trouble um, focusing enough yeah. and getting all the tasks and stuff off their out of their head yeah. in order to really feel entitled to focus in on their bodies so that they can but that's not let true. that kind of if, It's not true if they're sleeping with somebody they really want to sleep with. Let me ask like you a question. They have no problem with that, right? Am I right? Uh, if it's pure I, I, sex. You know, if that's something that turns them on. Yeah. Not everyone is into that. As I said, as a you know, an erotic trigger, some people yeah. go, you know, just give me something where I don't have to think about, uh, you know, What's for dinner tomorrow night? Like if she's know, sleeping like, with George Clooney or something, she's gonna be, oh my god, I need to focus. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna happen, you know. It's just, uh, you know, no, no, well, no, what, no, if, no, no, no. what if that person that turns out wrong. to be terrible? I, 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 I tell you, I, I'm not a woman, but I, I, I was doing construction in my apartment, 
I was and at one point I was having sex and I was having sex and I'm, I'm looking at like a window and I knew it needed to be sealed and recorked and then my mind was like this window needs to be sealed and recorked I'm like what the hell am I you know it's like wow if you were having sex with me and did that I would correct you and say it's caulked <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's okay. Well, you I don't want you to lose your erection. When people are having sex, like when when people come to you and they tell you that they're having sex, and while they're having sex with their partner, they're thinking of something else, mm -hmm. like uh, another woman. Mm -hmm. what, what is that a bad thing? A good thing? What what is that? Is that a, a neutral thing? I think people have fantasies all the time, and you're bringing up an excellent question, which someone is, has to at this. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Which is um, horrible. You know, in a relationship, what's considered private and what's considered a secret? Mm -hmm. Are our fantasies allowed to be private entities, places where we go, where we enjoy ourselves? Does everything have to be explained and shared with our partner? And I would say no to that. Yeah. The answer would be no. You, you, you don't have to share everything with the partner. That same class I went to, he was talking about um, if you have an affair. Mm-hmm. Let's say you had an affair. Mm -hmm. It's over. You're done. It, now, you should just die with the information. You don't need to tell it. To, you don't need to at one point, I want to tell you something. My, I, three yeah, years ago, stupid, I went. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That's, not, that's, that's for you, not for her. Yeah, right. So Selfish. die with it. Don't, don't, don't drag her into what happened three years ago. I may be paraphrasing differently than the way he taught it, but... It's, that sounds uh, like a great class. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think if it happened years ago, I tend to see people after the discovery of an affair. Right. And so uh, couples come in and it it's, can be devastating, right? But I think one of the mistakes that general therapists make is they only focus on um, the, tr the b break of trust, which by all means is one of the first things you want to work on as a therapist. But... What I find uh, challenging uh, for a lot of general therapists is to get to the sex part. Yeah. Well, what was it that led you to have this affair? And a lot of times it's not what you think. It's not like sex was bad. It's maybe, um, you know, someone died in the family and they felt like, oh, my God, I'm next. You know, if I don't have this for myself, I'm, I'm going to die, you know, never having experienced this or... Um, there was stress at work and their partner wasn't available to them emotionally as well as sexually. So they this felt betrayed. These are great excuses. I like that. They're not excuses. <laughs> They're not excuses. Honey, and that's, and somebody died in the family. I had to sleep with her. <laughs> I've had a woman in my office go, I can tell you the moment I decided to have an affair. I'll say, really? When? My best friend died. And I thought, oh my God. I am in this unhappy marriage. I am miserable. I have to take care of all these kids. My husband doesn't care for me. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm going to have an affair. Whoa, 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 whoa. My husband doesn't care for me. But that's, that's a bigger... Yeah, then... That, that, I mean, that's, the, that's the core reason, right? No, but she had been in this unhappy marriage for right. years and she hadn't done anything. <clears throat> and then her best friend dies and suddenly it was like... That was the trigger. That was the trigger. It was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So I'm going to die one day. Fuck it, I'm going to have an affair. So I'm not saying it was only because of this, this friend who died, but I'm saying like that can be the, the catalyst, if you will. So you're saying if I want to sleep with someone, I can kill their best friend 
and I have a better chance than. That time I always takes the high road. That was that great, but it's people cut out for his own self respect. Do not cut it. Damn it! You asked me a question, and I'm trying to remember what it was because it was a good question. Uh, oh, let me see if I can do his question. Um, uh, <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, uh, what's it called? Emotional what, 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 public display of affection. Is that your your no nothing? Okay. <laughs> do, do you do you, do you have any differences in reactions when like a a man finds out that his wife has uh, um, experimented with another woman, mm-hmm. as opposed to when a woman finds out that her husband's experimented with another man? Yes. So. Um, well, for, first of all, so many men, straight men, have this fantasy about two women. And they don't necessarily feel like it's a threat to their relationship. And sometimes mistakenly so. But in any case, that may be the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Whereas with a woman, if they find out their, you know, their husband, and I've had these situations, or a boyfriend has had some sort of situation with another man, they start to fear that that person is gay right and i think what's going on now and even with younger people the identity or um, orientation is much more fluid and so but they may not say um i'm gay so a lot of straight men in a lot of different communities have had some sort of sexual activity with another man but they wouldn't identify as being bi or gay or even queer it's just something they do how fluid do you think this would really get if there were no societal influences on these things. There's great research that's being done right now, and I think we're just we're just at at the outset of of finding that out. I think it's a great question. Um, I think it was Freud who said, "Suck one cock." Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was Jim Norton. <laughs> no, forgive me, it was just a joke. I take it back. It's Noam who always I'm takes the high road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Right. So, for instance, um, if we're going back to porn, there's a whole genre of porn uh, called shemale porn. If you're familiar with that, no, we had no idea. Um, so. I, I I didn't know that. Right. So the majority, um, like 95% of the people who are watching, uh, it, it, for those of you listening, these are trans women who still have penises. Yeah. And they're very uber feminine in the way they present themselves. And most of the people who are watching it are, are identifying as straight, heterosexual men. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, out of curiosity, sometimes I, you know. You watch that? For five hours sometimes because I want to know what's. Uh, Have you ever watched that? Yeah, I did. I wanted to know because I didn't know if it was. You know, no, this is going to Kuwait, ISIS. Everybody's going to hear this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I am undercover. Damn it! Yeah. He's you already heard, said. Plenty you heard about that FBI agent now is banging the ISIS uh, the ISIS guy? What? No. Yeah, yeah. In FBI, uh, why would it be FBI? But I think it was FBI anyway. Uh, an American CIA. agent, maybe it was American agent is. Uh, you know, this happens all the time. Women. This just as an aside, for whatever reason. Women are attracted to these hyper-masculine, dangerous types. There, that's why these female prison guards constantly bang the prisoners and stuff like that. They pretend they want a nice guy. They say they want Alan Alda. They really want a fucking rapper so, so with a huge it's cock. It's a female FBI right. agent. Yeah, female FBI agent. It's a FBI, got it. oh, female okay. FBI translator regrets abandoning husband to marry ISIS recruiter she was assigned to investigate. Oh, he's ISIS wow. recruiter. She so regrets she's that. after the position. So you're asking a good question, Noam, which is why do women not marry the bad guy but lust after them? Yeah, I, would, that's, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can 
understand the answer, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna brace myself for this. Well, I think I think I think really what's going on is for a mate Just that you be want. Gentle. I will. <laughs> um, for a mate that you want uh, for lifelong, you want a partner that's going to be secure, uh, steady. Uh, consistent because um, for most of the women who partner up most of them have children right so you want consistency but as far as kind of the fantasy you want to be escaping that monotony that routine and so going after a bad boy who's inconsistent who you can't predict what they're going to do is extremely exciting right that's fantasy life and with whom you likely don't have a future and you don't have to worry about them in the morning and right. feeding them, you know, a, a meal or or talking about finances or your mortgage. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, monotony. <laughs> Very not sexy. Very stuff. not sexy. I, she had to learn how to cook halal meals. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a question relating to something you said earlier. What is the what are the major differences? Because I assume you see people who are younger as well, mm-hmm. uh, 20s and 30s. Yep. What are the biggest differences in terms of how they approach sex and relationships? Uh, what are the differences between generations, the biggest oh. differences that you see? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my There's God. so many. I just wrote a blog about this. So um, I find with millennials, because they grew up, again, with abstinence-only education, because they are part of the culture um, that we're hooking up in college, right? When you're hooking up, you don't have time to ask someone what makes you uh, really hot and, you know, what, what's going to bring you to orgasm. You, you don't have the tools for it. And most of the people who are hooking up are drunk. Yeah. So they have even fewer tools than older, older couples in that way. The other thing is that they have FOMO, they have texting, you know, so much of their communication is without tone. It's via text. It's social media. It's, you know, uh, there's a whole thing of not being present. You're, you're sort of present, but you're not really present. It's the twisted, it's a twisted, passive aggressive a way that they communicate, it's so messed up, you know. It's very anxiety-provoking. Very. Right? So, because in the old days, if you had a phone call, you had some days to answer it or not answer it. Right. Now, it's a swipe or a text, and if you don't get an answer immediately, you're mm. like, something right. what's going right. on? It's what's going on? And it's also so visual. I mean, I mean, people are attracted to each other visually anyway, but then they can talk to each other. Like, if you meet each other at a party or at a bar or whatever or a club but here the swiping thing is like it's so quick and you know i'll have i've had a client in, a, in an office go yeah you know sometimes i just feel so crappy about myself that i just swipe you know for fun to make myself feel better mm-hmm. but i have no intention of following up with that girl so i, I was at the comedy cell downstairs and um at a spot and this guy was coming to the show and and uh he was telling me we're here to the show i'm bringing my girlfriend down and it's a girl he's meeting for the first time on the they met on whatever the hell app they met on right and um and they were having a drink before the show i was watching them in the booth and they had no eye contact they couldn't and it's not and it's not just Mm. them it's millennials don't know how to look at they just they just know how to look at phones They, they know they just it's a crazy it's a crazy generation, you know, they don't, they, there's no looking at the phone, at, at the other person's eyes, it's right. only the phone, it's, uh, and it's so instant, and it's so, there's no, I don't know, maybe when you get a, bar, a phone number at a bar, 
you know, you got to go home. It's in your pocket. You got to pray to God you don't destroy it in the <laughs> napkin. <laughs> you call it. You hope it's the right number. You know, <laughs> you it, today it's so instant and so immediate. And it's great. And the porn that they have access to immediately. Right. But they don't have, uh, they haven't um, practiced is what you're bringing up. So I always say to couples, you know, um, you know, in my generation, when you were a teenager, you practice stuff, you got to fumble a bit, you'd be awkward, you know, that's how you learn how to be a sexual being. And then hopefully you have more practice with the same person. But if you're hooking up, A, you're not probably sober, You, you can't practice with the same person, so you don't really find out if you're doing something well. That's what you said before. What if the person isn't? It doesn't have good sexual technique. That's the right. question so, I wanted to get back to. Oh, that's my joke, too. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so if you can't practice with the same person, how are you going to get back? So you're saying that it's, it's better to have, be with the same person than hooking up with different people? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with that. Well, every no, I'm not to say forever, but yeah. what I'm saying is at least then to have a conversation. <clears throat> like, what do you like? Well, I don't know. What do you Why like? Do you Let me try this. That's so no, hard uh, to have a conversation <laughs> about it. Yeah. I, you know what? I think... I think you're actually probably going to agree with some of this. You know, there's this whole concept of EQ as opposed to IQ. Yeah. And I, I, I really believe in that a lot. And certain people are in tune to other people and certain people are not. And if you're in tune to another person, I think sexual sex comes pretty easily. You, you just, you can tell they're, that, they like it. A, they don't, you just, you just, you, you're able to follow cues. a lead, which is not really spelled out. You just, you just sense it. But I, I have and some people actually really can't. I have it. another point too. Is like you know, if you are with the like, same like person, <laughs> like right now, <laughs> <laughs> like, just like just, 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 just stopping right on my he, point. But go ahead, he, but go is, ahead. he is on fire today. Go ahead, go ahead. I give him that. Go ahead. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, what I'm saying is like to go so with your point too. Is like if you're in a relationship, you're gonna be scared to talk to for doing something because they're going to talk to you about maybe make fun of you but if you're one night in you can do whatever you want you can tell them whatever I feel you've, you'll be more comfortable with them I'll tell you what most people and the research shows in, in straight um, relationships um, a guy doesn't have any interest in bringing pleasure to the woman in a hookup I don't know what research is that because I had a lot of one night says nobody came and asked me any questions and I have that's because they want to forget it as soon as possible <laughs> Nobody came in the middle of my hookup. Was like, how do you feel? <laughs> really, guys, as opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to comment on something. What's the marriage? All right. In regards to my, in my, in regards to my question about millennials, uh, between yourself and Modi, every single thing that was said about millennials was negative. And as the only millennial on this show right now, I have to fucking stick up for my people here a little You're bit. You're a millennial. Yeah, I'm 30. I'm much younger than yourself. Premature balding. Leave him alone. Yeah, Jesus, Modi. (laughs) Come on. So uh, I want to know what are some ways in which millennials are uh, more advanced, either emotionally, sexually, whatever, than people who are older than them? Okay. So I actually think um, we're going places with millennials in terms of their openness to sexual fluidity, uh, transgender people. They're much more liberal in an acceptance around people having multi-interest, um, multi, you know, uh, different types of energy as far as 
who they're attracted to, who they want to be, how they want to dress. Um, they are also, um, you know, I also think the younger of people that I'm seeing, not, not just younger people, but they're also open to um, alternative uh, monogamous or non-monogamy agreements, much more so than older um, couples. Although I do have older couples who are interested in opening I'm going to go out on a limb here and risk sounding like a total Archie Bunker or whatever it is and tell you that I don't believe what they tell pollsters. I don't think women like the idea of a man who's been with another, who, 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 who bangs other men. I don't think they like it. I think that they'll say it because it's the hip thing to say, the millennials, whatever it is. But I've spoken to some women about this. They, they're not judgmental about it. They don't like that. Not a, that's not something that they're just like, oh, it doesn't matter for their boyfriend or something like that. Oh, I, I'm talking about um, couples who both identify as non-monogamous. Ah, okay. And then they come in or polyamorous and they talk about um, wanting to explore together either as a couple and they go to a swingers club or that they each have partners yeah. um, that they can meet and include in yeah, their I, life. That is very different. And sometimes those partners are men and sometimes they're women. So um, while it is true that there are women, as we discussed earlier, who feel um, anxious if they find out that their male partner is interested in other men because they're not sure if that means she'll she's really with someone who's gay and eventually he will leave her for a game for another man or that he's putting her at mm. risk for some STIs. Um, so there, there's a variety of issues there, but I was talking more in terms of his question around um, the benefits that are the yeah. growth that I, we see in millennials, which is that they are much more open to, you know, and curious about um, different ways of relating um, sexually. Yeah, so. I, I just, I, I agree with everything you just said. Just, it was, I'm just, there's kind of like a dichotomy. It's like, they, I think they are much less judgmental about homosexuality and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Nevertheless, I don't think that lack of judgment means that they're less, that they're totally open to it when it comes mm -hmm. into their own bedroom. And in, in any case, you know, uh, I had another, shit, I lost, I lost my train Well, what she was just saying, though, was that if you're already inclined oh, I remember. to, yeah. to, Got to. Right. So Go some people identify um, as an, almost like an orientation, like someone would say I'm gay, that um, as polyamorous. I'm going to tell you what I think is the biggest threat to sexual technique. And it's been the, I can literally identify the worst I've ever been in bed. And it's because of this. You want to say what it is? I'm telling you, every man knows it. Oh my God. It changes everything. Okay. Uh, it could be anything. A mortgage. I'm telling you, it changes the way you have sex. It changes the whole dynamic. Children, probably, no, right? No, no. Condoms. Uh, I'm telling uh, you. Yeah. They stopped. The, the millennials stopped that already. There, but, I mean, this is like when you are wearing a condom... You do not have sex the same way anymore. It is, it is because the threshold of what you can feel is so shifted down the curve. You just have to do different things in order to, to have a sex. And that, those different things, I don't think, are a plus in terms of the, relation, in terms of the way the woman perceives it. It's much less sensual. It's, it's, just, it's just harsher. It has to be because you have a piece of you have a tire on you, you know. <laughs> so just, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> so kids, no condoms, please. No. Yeah, no. If you learn something, no, I, you must deal with this. I mean, it's really 
I do, but you know, people have to practice with them, right? Because if they're single and they're out there and they want to have safer sex, they're going to have to wear a condom. It's the safest thing out there besides women's, you know, their female condoms, which a lot of people don't use. And I don't know why, but it'd be wonderful for a guy who has trouble keeping his erection because of a condom. Plus, by the way, there are different size condoms. And a lot of times people oh, don't well fit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, it's, not, it's not a matter of keeping an erection. It's, it's just, I mean, whatever. It's like the glove, you know, it's just it's wearing a glove. It's different. Yeah. It's, just, it's, right. it's not skin on skin anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, just drastically different. Right. So female condoms are actually, I don't know if you've ever What's seen a female one. Condom? No. So it is um, basically um, has a ring, which goes around the vulva which actually provides a little bit more protection for HPV. And then it goes inside the vagina and kind of stretches with the vagina, with the walls of the vagina. So it actually feels like you're inside a vagina. But does it feel the same for a woman or a flashlight? Yeah, I mean, it's just pressure, right? It's not like, um, it's not tight, it's looser. And so a guy feels, you know, doesn't feel constrained. And it's actually really good if you're using them properly. Um, but for some reason, they never took off. I think the, if, the, you know, the the first round of female condoms were a little noisy. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of a squish, oh, really? squish, slush yeah. sound. And it, does it prevent uh, diseases? STD? Yeah. Oh, it does? Yeah. yeah. In well, fact, whatever happened to the sponge? Or is that like a thing? Yeah, I know. That's I know, the only right. reason I know about it. Well, there's oral contraceptives, right? I mean, there's co- contraceptives, but, um, you know, what's really the most um, effective are condoms or um, female condoms. They can all be, I, I don't know how old you are, but you millennials all, all need to be jealous in certain ways of my generation. First of all, there were, when we were kids, we just had sex. I remember girls had diaphragms and was, there was no... It was awesome. Like everybody had that. <laughs> We also had the best music. We had the Beatles and the Stones and all that. You guys are trying to, you know. Yeah, but we have better comedy. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> necessarily. We had Eddie Murphy. We had Saturday Night Live. We right. had the Golden no, yeah. we, we definitely have better porn than. No, nah, I don't even yeah, think that's true. Hot, yeah. you also a millennial? Huh? How old are you that you're a millennial? 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sad that no, nobody you left. To, you ought to be jealous of us because we have more options. Yeah, we, we can do get have laid. more options. Oh, I wish I could bang a guy without anybody judging me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even mean uh, gender or, or sexual fluidity. I just mean you you turn on your phone and you have Tinder, you have OkCupid, you have Coffee Meets Bagel, she you have just, Match.com. She just finished telling us why that's not a good thing. Yeah. Why, well, why that, it's the cause of your problems. Well, you're, you're assuming that first of all every millennial has this problem of not being able to connect when uh i think the opposite is true you've had like 40 girlfriends since i met you a year oh, and a half not, ago okay I, first of all on. that's why i invited you to the show i forgot about that you had like a lot of girlfriends in the last month that is month. not true you i don't like, know what every, everybody's right. talking about this he's and that's, right. that's not now, true the, at all was, uh, and the reason i said um <laughs> display yeah button, i know the, there was one girl i just you just couldn't get your hands off that's of not true she a, walks in i give her a kiss and then she sits down. It's not like we were making no, out in the corner. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You were like potching all over her. <laughs> what does that even mean? What it a sounds potch- like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, now, uh, oh, awesome. to, to speak to this thing about like having uh, a great number of girlfriends, uh, I, I've been thinking about how, how to answer this accusation because you've brought this up before. Thomas Edison said, I never oh, failed. Gosh. I never Shut failed. Up. I just ten, found 10,000 ways that didn't work. And, and so 
what you're saying is I just should be uh, comfortable with like you the, the first oh. or, or the third or the se- tenth. Sex has person. 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. Was that Thomas Edison also? I think well, what is. does that have to do with anything? Yeah. It's kind of the same point. Like you just got to keep trying and trying. Yeah, and trying you and keep trying. trying until you meet someone that you're comfortable with and you want to be with. I haven't met yet the person that I'm comfortable with and I'm gonna. I want to be with. But keep according swiping, to your keep logic, swiping. that, <laughs> that <laughs> last your logic, I should just go. That last broad, you, you are you are all over her. Let yeah. me tell you something. So so now you know that there's you're a swipe away from the next one. So why focus on this one? Well, I think that's actually you've hit on a problem that I was actually gonna ask. Ask about too is that the plethora of options out there for plethora millennials means a, lot. It means a lot. I should have said a lot. I'm sorry. Well, well, well the, as the Wright brothers said. Um, hey! 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 Got one. <laughs> the plethora of options out there it, it can be stifling in a way because you're always looking around the corner for what the next person might be. You might want to trade up. The next person could be better. They could be hotter. They could be smarter. Whatever. Yeah, but, she's saying the same thing. Believe that me. is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've had that said. <laughs> so that is. That I appreciate is, you not laughing. That is that is the hookup culture, which is you know you don't stay with what you have and you don't go deep. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, you you're done at this one. <laughs> you set yourself up for that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that I think that's part of what I'm saying. It's like not to say that everyone has to be in a long-term monogamous relationship, right? I don't say that that's the ideal for everyone but what I'm saying is that if you do it out of um, like the better you know the FOMO it's like okay the what? FOMO. Fear of missing out. Fear, fear of missing right? out. So like, fear oh, the next out, one. What if I do better with this one? Maybe yeah. she's better fear looking. Maybe out. she has better legs. Maybe <laughs> then you're never actually present with someone and you can't actually practice, which I, you know, I, I, I use the word practice like in yoga, right? That you can actually deepen um, your experience, whether it's just for sexual pleasure and or an emotional experience and sometimes even spiritual. And so you don't give yourself that opportunity uh, if you keep doing, you know, the swipe, swipe, swipe. You might have some great sexual experiences. I'm not saying that you won't, but um, it doesn't allow for a deepening, you know, that's it. Mm. So um, I think there's a value to both of it. I think sexual experience is it's an experience, right? Um, But if it's a hookup culture in which, so one of the things that I I just interviewed Lisa Wade, who just wrote American Hookup, this uh, latest book. And one of the things she found in her, in her research is that in college, these, you know, the kids who are hooking up and I call them kids because I can, I'm older, not in a disrespectful way. They actually pick a person. They choose a person that they know they don't like because they want to split liking and emotionally connecting with someone with a sexual experience. So in fact, what they're practicing is a compartmentalization why, of emotion. Why do they want to do that? Sexual, why, why would they do that? Because of this kind of, there is sort of a uh-huh. status um, embedded in the hookup culture in college, which is I want to get someone better you know, if someone's better looking, then um, my status goes up. Um, if I hook up with this person, um, you know, am I demeaning myself because they're not cool enough? It's, it's like um, there's a value laid into it. And that's very different than saying, I really like you. I want to get to know you. Will this be gone by the time my daughter grows up? I don't know. God knows what's going to be around there. I mean, I'm not a big... Uh 
thank God one of my things isn't porn. Like I couldn't get into, but someone, uh, uh, Tumblr. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. And it's, I mean, it's just might as well be porn, but it's real. It's like people doing, fil filming themselves while they're doing all kinds of crazy. And the college kids, you know, um, what they're doing, and they're putting it on air. Which is, by the way, one, one of the things of your g generation. Your generation, the, the millennials are, you guys, you guys won't, in public, it, the, the way the article read like this, like when we went to the gym back in the day, at the end you finished and there was a big room with all the showers and everybody was showered in one room with no problem. You guys would not do that. You need your own stall, but you will put every part of your body out there in the internet as if it's nothing, you know, and, the, and on, on Tumblr and all that stuff, you see these kids just putting everything out there and these parties in college. If you punch in, not that I know the exact, but <laughs> college party girl, um, Tumblr, you see these sick parties they have and these girls are getting laid by multiple guys mm -hmm. they're drunk they're half passed out there and it's all on film it's all on film and we it, don't and we don't know whether it's consensual or not right yeah well, i mean could, we haven't yeah. even gotten to that issue but the girls, they, they don't even know whether it's consent they can wake up and not know whether i mean it happened even but one they, drink it's is not, then it's not consensual no what i'm saying is that you, you have one drink you're able to consent two drink you're not like at what point at some point you're so drunk, it's not really consensual. No, it isn't. On the other hand, there's no way for the guy to know whether you're at that point or not. Well, there used to be a code. I mean, you're part of that generation that if a woman was really drunk, you don't do anything. Uh, there was or you call your friends. There was a code. You don't have sex with a drunk girl. That's the code. That I thought was that was the idea. I, I never no. heard that code. I, I'm, not being, I'm not being facetious now. I mean, I, I would... I think that's a great code. I'm not, but I'm saying I never, that came later. I think I was never told or warned not to have sex with a drunk really? girl. No, I never, I, I don't think, my, I don't think anybody, ever had, anybody ever had to warn me on that. They just figured I was a mensch. That means, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, 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 but the truth is it, it's, it's an impossible thing. I mean, yeah. maybe they should actually, you know, sometimes the use of new technology seems so weird, but then it becomes so prevalent, maybe it makes sense. Maybe there should be a legal limit for consent, like, and you should breathalyze a woman. I mean, it's it's crazy because... Yeah. No, it's not so crazy. I mean, there are consent apps now where it, you, people say, I agree. But they're drunk. Oh, wow. oh, that's crazy, though. Do they really have that thing now? Oh, my God. They do. How does that because work? Like, you both have the app, and then you connect via the app. It's like, and then you imagine it's like a prenup before you're having sex. Yeah. Let me put another Sign layer on it. I'll you put know. another layer on it. I'm not sure I'm not the only one. Sometimes people actually get drunk on purpose yeah. because they want to do what they know they're not supposed to do. Yes. Yeah, so it be really becomes impossible. Is that consensual? But she got she gets drunk. The guy gets drunk on purpose in order to lose his inhibition to do what he shouldn't do. I don't do. think they know how far they're going to go, um, either no, how they drunk know. they're going to get or how far they want to go. But I do think there's that's that's the shame. That's the cultural shame, because I don't want to actually in a sober way. By the way, millennials, they I, I've got to say the ones I see have not had a lot of sober sex. And they're totally frightened by, by it, because then they actually have to look someone in the eye and go, I want you, and this is what I want to do to you. 
And the other person is like, oh, my God, I actually have to say yes or no to this. When you think of millennials, do you think of people in their early 20s or early 30s? So it's interesting because they're, I actually divide them up because I think they're the younger version and then the older oh, version. Okay. And the older version, which I guess you're part of, um, they remember a time before smartphones. The younger version of millennials, they, yeah. oh, they just grew up with them. So it's, it, there's a translation. So you actually remember what it's like to get a phone call and talk to someone on the phone. Younger millennials, they, they don't talk on the phone at all. They, so they don't have that It's rude practice. to call somebody nowadays. My, it's embarrassing. My, I, I can't remember the last time I had a phone conversation with somebody my age. It's awful. Do you miss it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Especially because I was raised in a house with older parents. I could drink at an early age. And so by the time I got to college, it wasn't a big deal for me. I haven't had that experience of having so much sex that was alcohol induced. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I hold on to a lot of those things. I would much rather talk to somebody on the phone than, than just be texting them. Because like you touched on earlier, you lose all context when you just rely. On, actually, it was Modi who said that you lose all context when you're just relying on somebody's words in front of you instead of looking at their face, looking, hearing their words, right. etc. And tone. The tone, and tone is really important. Yeah. Right. Whereas younger people, I think, are they're embarrassed by it. They're embarrassed by what? Phone calls. Well, yeah, you're it's caught off like guard. You know, they don't have, no, they don't. What it is, in my opinion, I'm not a therapist, but they, they don't have that moment to, to think of how they... Exactly. How many times has a friend called you and sent you a picture of the, of the screen, what should I answer? Yeah. Right? When you're on the phone, you got to be right there. You're in the moment, you know? So yeah. someone like me, you know, someone like me, a, a, a person who's... I'm a comedian, I'm witty, I can come up, I'm faster on my feet, you know, it's easier. But if you're only used to, to just typing and you have yeah. a moment and you look up something and you send it back to them, you can check the spelling and, you know, it's, it's a, it takes away everything from it. Right. But, you know, the other thing that is missing is um, seduction, because in that moment, there's a breath. What if you don't come back right away because you're not quick on your feet? There's anticipation. There's a whole like what's gonna happen right. next. There's like drama. It's restriction. And That's what that thing with the with the with, with, the, the, with the Jewish the uh, the, the nida the, the yeah. two weeks you know. Right, it's but that, restriction. But younger people don't understand that that's okay. That actually that might actually increase erotic thrill. They think of it as like awkward, very awkward. There shouldn't be any silence. What that can I do with that? Thing, yeah. It's very anxiety provoking. Yeah, right? people and my age are are prone to feeling very awkward very easily. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way that uh, older people do not. Right. These are people sending a picture of every part of their body to each other. That they feel awkward because someone. Yeah. They, well, when it comes to having an actual conversation with somebody, yeah, yeah. because when you have a conversation as opposed to texting, you're vulnerable in a way because that person is actually listening to what you're saying, and you're supposed to come up with things. Conversations are back and forth. I can't tell you how many times I've been texting with someone and friends of mine who I, I've done that thing with. Oh, what do I say back? They always say, "Wait ten minutes," because if you text now, then it's going to be it's going to seem desperate and you might say you you want to be able to craft the correct text message and that's annoying as hell because like i said i want to have an actual conversation is that why you someone. don't answer me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's one of like ten thousand. so that's why I, I have came up with the term sex esteem because i do yeah. think that people don't have a sense of confidence and esteem around their sexuality yeah. and i would love to teach all those 
lessons that I feel like I got a chance to learn when I was younger and certainly now professionally. And the idea that to have a pause um, and be vulnerable is actually very enticing, could be, and actually can make you feel more intimate. Right? We, we, we and have you to, don't have to be a curated self. We have to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm getting is that you can help Steven. am i a lost cause yet (laughs) i think you can learn a lot from her Mm -hmm. and by the way for the record i think it's correct sex therapist just because it's a misconception they don't have sex with patients that's not true you know it's true no it's true sex therapy is talk therapy yeah we don't do any hands-on work no i know Um, i was joking (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't joking and if he had known he probably wouldn't even invited you on the show (laughs) (laughs) so do you solve your own problems or you go to other therapists Uh, that's a good question that's a very good question yeah Um, Yeah, i I leave my good questions you know what i believe in therapy i i'm a i'm a consumer Right. I've been in therapy. I think it's really valuable. It helps me through different stages of my life when I've gone through transitions. So I haven't been to sex therapy, have you? um, I have been to sex therapists before. Yeah. But I also would say that um, I I think to be a better therapist, Mm -hmm. you've had to, I think, to be a a patient or a client yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, then you can see what it's like for someone sitting in your room. It's a very vulnerable position and you have a lot of empathy for them. You know, know? it can be very challenging for them to to be there. It's just it's just made me remind me of something that Charles Krauthammer, the the famous conservative pundit, uh, he was he went to study psychiatry at Harvard Mm -hmm. and then. Exactly what you said. He part of his requirement there to become a psychiatrist that he had to go to therapy. Of course, and he didn't want to go. Oh, really? Yeah, and he said, "I I want to help you," and and it was a big thing. And I think he refused to go to the the therapy. And then I I, I can't remember if he actually was able to become certified as a psychiatrist or had to change it and everything. But yeah, it's, they and it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, um, of course it makes sense. They, they, it, and it's not easy to go to therapy. I I went. And he had become a quadriplegic. Right. Oh. He, from in a, the, a swimming accident during, yeah. during that thing so I, I guess he, he just didn't want to have to deal with therapy he wanted right. to you know, handle it well, himself last two questions quickly yep. like uh, people especially like in third world countries think that therapy going to therapy that means something is wrong with you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is that is that true I think it's the last taboo for many cultures yeah. and um, of course I don't think so I think if you want to grow as a person mm-hmm. and you're not able to do it on your own why not go for help you go to teachers, right? You go to education. Why? Because you want to learn. Uh, so I actually think of myself not only as a therapist, but as, as an educator. I'm helping people grow. Do you and think everybody needs to go to a therapist? Uh, no, not necessarily. No? Okay. No. I think it's a, a helpful experience, but not everybody needs it. Some people grow in other ways. You know, right. they do. They meditate or they go to yoga or they're part of a, a religious uh, community that really helps them support support them how about you know? belittling people and making jokes <laughs> you know what humor is very very healing i can't it works yeah. <laughs> can i tell you humor is very healing yeah yeah humor is good so my, my last question is like you can you can uh, th- therapy sessions can be for you know certain amount of people right can it be for a larger group like can it be for a culture <laughs> no i'm being serious we had a little conversation about like can can you um have a plan like use the same models that you use in therapy mm-hmm. to uh you know solve problem with certain larger groups yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, uh, as you said, I have a show called Sex Esteem. And uh-huh. one of the things I also do is I do groups called Sex Esteem Groups. Yeah. And so what I'll do is I will give a, you know, a speech and then I will have people do some sort of uh, either meditative exercises. If they come with a partner, I might have them do some hands-on work with their partner. Mm. Um no, I'm just saying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a way of developing a more uh, sensitivity and awareness and an embodied experience, yeah. um, and be present, yeah. so they're not, you know, distracted in a, a, a million different places. So, yeah. So yeah. So it could question. be in, in a large in a large group. group. Yeah. yeah. How okay. time we got to wrap it up? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to share your information? In sure. My my center in New York is called Center for Love and Sex, and we're a group psychotherapy practice, and we serve uh, both individuals who are and couples mm-hmm. looking for general psychotherapy as well as sex therapy. Um, my show is Sex Esteem. My blog is Sex Esteem. Nice. Um, and how sex, can sexesteem dot com? Um, it's actually sarycooper.com, S-A-R-I-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. And um, you'll find my blog. You'll find my show. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. And um, the Sex Esteem show is also there. Twitter well. or anything? Twitter, I'm um, sari underscore cooper and um, Center for Love and Sex on Facebook. Okay. Deepo? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at R2Deepu, R2D-E-E-P-U. Thank you. Steven. You should put the camera on yourself when you do that. Yeah. We're out of cameras, right? Go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Do it again. R2 Depot. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. You can follow me on Instagram at Chinabria, China Bria, B R I A, and follow the comedy seller on Instagram and Twitter. Slash Thomas Edison. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get that one in there. (laughs) Famed pussy hound, Thomas Edison. Uh, (laughs) Morty. Uh, M-O-D-I live uh, M-O-D-I-L-I-V-E dot com and you can get the, all this <laughs> you can tell somebody's age by some of these things like Morty live that's such a like a 90s Why? and I don't know but it is like every, all, all the comedians the older guys they have the, you know Robert Kelly live Morty live it's like something yeah. you know, nobody has that now something about live of they do no no what, what, should gonna, what, what should he have now well, should you, I don't you, know you get in there it's not gonna be like uh, Michelle Wolf live it's not gonna be that yeah. I, I, I don't know why. And of you're course, right actually I never I, thought about that yeah. Uh, live from AmericaPodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in the middle. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Have you a have an AOL, AOL address? Thank you. <laughs> uh, good night. <laughs> you were listening to Live from America Podcast. To contact us, please go to www.livefromamericapodcast.com. Brought to you by the Comedy Seller and Rethink Production. 